Hello, and welcome to Mr. America, The Bearded Truth, covering political and social issues one liberty at a time, with entertaining insights of current events and important discussions on topics that affect us all, shining the torch of liberty and brightening the future by bringing libertarianism into our everyday life. And now, your host, the friendly neighborhood libertarian, Jason Lyon, Mr. America, The Bearded Truth on Muddied Waters Media. I don't know if you can hear me. There we go. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome in. It is Friday night. I'm so excited to be here with you guys tonight. Uh, beautiful Friday, uh, December 9th. Uh, got a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, I'll talk to you guys a little bit about that stuff. But uh, tonight's episode, we have the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Dwayne Lester coming on. He is a grassroots uh, trainer. He is a liberty advocate. He is a changer of worlds and equips you with the ability, with the skills to be able to do such things. So I'm always excited to be sitting down with Dwayne. And as you guys may have seen in the past, um, potentially, Dwayne and I like to give each other lots of crap. It's always a good time with Dwayne. It's all in good fun. Um, you know, he's just he's just a good guy all around. So so be prepared for the jokes, be prepared for the laughs, but also be prepared. Take some notes, take some some of the stuff with you guys. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking a little bit about power structures. We're going to be talking a, a little bit about or sorry, power mapping. We're going to be talking about um, talking to people across the spectrum of across the uh, the influential spectrum and being able to help when we take what a lot of the things we talk about, we talk about policy and philosophy here. We take in that and equipping it and giving you guys the skills and some of the insights to be able to take those things and actually make an impact with them. It's not enough to, to sit behind a microphone. It's not enough to sit behind a keyboard, but how do we take these out to our communities and change the world, make it to where people can live up to their potential and see a brighter tomorrow. Um, so I've got Dwayne with me today. I'm so excited for that. But before we get there, I've got to give a couple thank yous. Thank you, of course, to each and every one of you guys tuning in, whether you guys are tuning on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Float, wherever, however you're watching this live stream. Thank you guys so much for that. We appreciate each and every one of your views. Thank you for liking the the, the page, liking the, the stream, liking each other's comments, for commenting to allow for other people to like your comments, uh, responding to each other's comments, and just being general awesome viewers. You guys are incredible. Um, thank you, of course to Brian Scott Lambrick and to Jenny for giving me the intro that we use on this and every episode of Mr. America, the bearded truth, of course. Um, and of course, thank you to each and every one of you who have leaned into the community by going over to muddy waters. Sorry, anchor.fm slash muddied waters slash subscribe, signing up $10. So just a cup, just the cost of with inflation, probably one latte nowadays. You can lean into this community. You can get a bunch of exclusive content. You can see more of us. You can be involved. You can help direct us. You can give us more feedback, more content. We're going to care about you just a little more than the rest of everybody else. So if you guys want to get that VIP status, head on over to anchor.fm slash muddywaters slash subscribe. Sign up today. Uh, all right. And then before we get to tonight's show, we also have to talk a little bit about boop, boop, boop. Kelsey Lyon Designs. If you guys are looking for somebody to rebrand, somebody to set up a business, uh, you're looking for logos, business cards, uh, publications, websites, 
just overall branding, whatever you need for a business, you need somebody who's going to take care of you in a creative, in a new way. And that is going to be Kelsey Lyon. She's going to be fantastic for you. I've had on so many guests that have worked with her in the past and Dwayne's working with her as well, but we'll, t we'll plug that here in a minute. Um, so many people have worked with her in the past. They will give you that that reassurance that Kelsey is the real deal, the holy field. She's going to take care of you. You're going to be happy with what you get. So head on over to KelseyLionDesigns.com. Use the code MUDDYWATERS. And she's going to hook you up with a nice discount. I just had a four-year-old, sorry, a three-year-old run in, grab some change, and run out. I think that was the IRS. Um, but... <laughs> So the IRS just just came in and stole a bunch of money from me in the middle of a podcast. At least I wasn't swatted. But the other uh, big shout out that we have to give tonight before we get to tonight's main event is to Liberty Chic. If you are looking to give that discreet way that you're a libertarian, but you want to be festive, you want to tell people Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Taxation is theft. Merry Christmas. You guys got to head over to LibertyChic.com liberty hyphen chic c-h-i-c if you're dumb like me and don't know how that's spelled libertychic.com or you can go over to etsy slash shop slash real liberty chic he's an incredible uh creative mind he is a, a great tutor he just exudes liberty everywhere that he goes you too need to head on over there use the code mr bearded truth He's going to hook you up with a discount as well. I believe that's the code. We'll fact check that here in a little bit because uh, we're not afraid of fact checkers here. But there's t-shirts, there's uh, pillows, there's wall decals, there's window decals, anything and everything you can think of. If you want Liberty, head on over to libertychic.com. Hook it up and use the code. Get the 10% get, get the off. But without further ado, let's bring on the man. He has spoken at YallCon. He has spoken at LibertyCon. He has spoken at the AFP Ohio Criminal Justice Reform Summit this last November, uh, three weeks ago, maybe. Uh, he also just recently gave a training at You Are The Power. And if you're looking to get involved with this, there's so many different ways. But I would, uh, the one I would recommend the most is, of course, to head over to youarethepower.net. Sign up. There's free memberships. You're going to get training. You're going to get engaged. You're going to get... Uh, you're going to have so many opportunities to help change the world around you. But we're not bringing on you out of the power today. We're bringing on my man, Dwayne Lester. How's it going tonight, bud? Fantastic. Fantastic. Hey, I wanted to show you this new decal I was working on. Um, what do you think? little uh, laptop action going on. Maybe put it in your rear window. That is beautiful. Just, uh, look at this. This is, is like nice. the viewers. It, it's perfect. What an yeah. incredible. See, guys. Head over to libertychic.com. See if you could get one of those from him. But if not, just grab other libertarian <laughs> stuff. It's going to be worth it. Uh, we already have comments coming in. Matt Baxley said it was a really fun training session. I know Matt Baxley was like, man, I really wanted to defend Jason because everybody was dogging on Jason. But he was like, but I didn't want them to dog on me either. But I don't blame you, Matt. Let's be honest. He wanted to defend Jason, but couldn't think of anything. <laughs> They're all right. <laughs> they're not wrong so i got nothing yep that's probably it silenced <laughs> by the truth you know that we're not here to talk about censorship but if you're getting censored because <laughs> truer things are being said you don't really have much room to complain no that was uh. a that was a great training i really enjoyed that and 
Uh, I'm looking forward to more. I know that uh, when we got into it, as, and with all trainings, when you do an online training, you have a lot more people sign up because it's easy to sign up for something. Yeah. Showing up is the hard part. And honestly, when you look at grassroots organizing, um, that is that is the biggest hurdle. I always I, something I heard once and I, I loved and I've repeated the biggest the biggest hurdle in, in online in, in, the biggest hurdle in grassroots organizing. You're, the biggest thing you'll have to overcome is the couch. Getting mm. people off the couch from the seats to the streets. That's the biggest hurdle, the biggest obstacle you will face in grassroots organizing. I love that because it's so true. And even with the simplicity of like, hey, just sign into the Zoom call, hang out with us for a little bit. You're going to learn so many valuable tricks. You're going to become better in, in your everyday activism. I was sitting at work some of these nights and I was like, I have nothing going on. And it's really hard to open up my email, click the link, come sign in, get cyber bullied for a little bit. Thankfully, Spike, came, <laughs> Spike Cohen came on so I could I could cyber bully somebody. Um, but it was, uh, you know, those hurdles there, we gotta, we gotta figure out how to break those hurdles for people. But I think yeah, the biggest, and that, that's not, that's not exclusive to, to, uh, organizing. That's not exclusive to online training. The mo the, the thing that you have to get people to understand is you, you've got to tune in yourself to something that I've heard called we FM. If you can turn the radio station to We FM and answer the question, what's in it for me, what's in it for me, then you can get people to move. Because people aren't going to move if there's nothing in it for them. Absolutely. Okay, that so, sounds great. That's fantastic. How am I going? Um, so with, with all that being said, before we dive into all of the skills, the tricks, and the trade, and, and making the world a better place, I, w I don't think I've asked you this yet. What brought you to the Liberty Movement? What got you here in the first place? Tell me about that story. You know, it was, uh, I remember in 2000, I was working at a residential treatment facility for at-risk youth. These were mainly uh, adjudicated kids, gang members, and that sort of thing. And I was talking with this old-timer who was there, and uh, it was right after the USS Cole was bombed. And being an old Navy guy, that irritated me. You know, I'm like, these are, you don't do, what, why, what? And I was in complete ignorance. You know, I had not been paying attention to anything. I didn't care about politics. Uh, mm -hmm. But I just saw this and I was like, don't, you don't do that. Don't do that. That's, no. And I was talking to this old timer and I mentioned to him that, uh, I was like, who are you voting for? And, well, I'm voting for Bush. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I, I I said, I think I'm going to vote for, for uh, Al Gore. And I mentioned earlier, uh, at one point or later, I said, I voted for Al Gore that year. And my wife looked at me and said, no, you didn't. And I said, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure I did. And she said, no, I made sure you didn't vote that year. Uh, that sounds about right. I believe you. <laughs> uh, but then it was September 11th happened, and that was a much bigger wake-up call than the USS Cole. I mean, the USS Cole kind of brought me to... 9-11 shook me awake and then I started paying attention and I went I went that usual I don't know if it's the usual route but the route that I took to where I am today was I said okay this is wrong and honestly I was like how do I re-enlist and then I looked at my wife and I was like okay how do I do something else because that's not happening 
And so then I started getting involved uh, reading, of course. I was reading a lot. You read books? And Hold I started, I, I've read a couple. <laughs> I've read one or two. Um, I started, started, let's see, I was 2004, something like that. I got a degree in horticulture, took a job, as you will after getting a degree in horticulture as an armed security guard at a nuclear power plant, because that's the, the way you do things. And that job gave me plenty of time to read, because all you're doing as a security guard is waiting for someone to try to kill you. And no one ever tried to kill me, so I just read a lot of books. In fact, in 2006, I uh, read 100 books that year. Uh, I, I set a goal. I said, uh, I wonder if I can read 100 books in a year. So I started January, boom, was killing it. I was averaging about a book a week. And then I read, uh, where are you? I know you're here somewhere. Ah, oh, yeah, here we go. I said, I've never read this. Oh, geez. And that took me two weeks, and I think the bulk of it was just sitting there going, how long is John Galt going to talk? This is ridiculous. <laughs> and honestly, mom. when I read that, yeah, when I read that, I thought to myself when I was done with it, I was like, she was really mad at her followers. Because <laughs> at that point, I mean, how many books, how many speeches, how many articles has she written? And I got done with that. It was like, it was like she wrote, look, if you don't get it after this – then you're just too stupid to understand. And that's it. I'm done. And she was angry when she wrote that. So then I started learning more about uh, what I actually believe, the philosophies of liberty. Um, and then, but at the same time, I was still full on Republican. You know, if the, if the GOP yeah. says it, then it must be right. And again, my wife was a big uh, touchstone for me on this because I said, yeah, well, yeah, of course we need ch no child left behind. And she looked at me and goes, no, we don't. That's a bad idea. And she understood this stuff better than I did then. And 2007, here I am, full GOP, and I hear George Bush say, we need to abandon free market principles to save the free market. And even I went, wait, what? That doesn't make any sense at all. No, you don't. You don't do that. And then I slowly started walking away mm -hmm. uh, from being that flag carrier, you know, the water carrier yeah. for the GOP. And uh, then along came Trump. <laughs> and, and that's that's when I filed my papers for divorce. Um, that's good. And, uh, you know, now I'm back to just being the the free agent for liberty. And I've lost a lot of people that uh, uh, that still wear the the you know the GOP shirt I was told once that if you don't support the candidate you're not a good Republican and I I remember distinctly exactly what I wrote I wrote I'm not a part of your stupid party and there you go then I just watched then I just watched my friend count drop and I was like okay I think I think fine. you could be a, and, I I don't want to oversimplify this but I think you could be a good person or you could be a Republican it's really hard to be both really hard to be both uh, it's difficult. It, it what we saw, and I had the best comment on Facebook the other day, um, uh, when I posted, 
uh, I said, there's good news and there's bad news. The bad news is that I'm getting close to 5,000 on my friends, so I'm, I won't be able to accept more. The good news is Trump's running again, so that count's going to drop dramatically. <laughs> here. It, was, it was really interesting before we get into tonight's conversation, but it, like Trump was that thing for so many people. They were like, he's like, I, sure, there may be some religious fanatics out there that said that he was the second coming, but a lot of people treated him like he was the savior for the country, for the party this that and the other and it was just what you were talking about we have to abandon free market principles in order to have a free market principles and i was just like that was a wake-up call for a lot of people um the gun control thing where it's like hey i don't think gun control works so we need to go ahead and ban bump stocks because that's gonna somehow make us more legal safe and rare um yeah you know it was a lot of things like that and so we saw a lot of people fracturing away and it was interesting for me um because i was while I am a libertarian, I, I, a lot of the way that I talk and a lot of the things that I talk about happen to align with some, some of the, the conservative leaning or the Republican leaning people around me. And it was like, you know, you could, I could bring up those points and, and just watch people go, I don't know if I really belong here. Now I'm just going to have to forget this part of Trump or I'm going to have to forget this part of the Republican party because I agree with you, Jason. And, and so I'm hoping that, you know, your 5,000 friends aren't going to leave you, but they're going to realize that they align with you. Um, so that's the, so I hope that there's a silver lining to the bad news in your, to the good news uh, of your Facebook posting. Well, one of the comments that I got when I posted that was from a friend of mine named Rob Burke. And he said, I've, I've watched you since I started really, I started really writing about politics in 2007 on a website called Newsvine. And I was writing so much, my friend said, why don't you just start your own website? So I did, and that took off, and then I started another. And this guy said, I've watched you from the beginning as you've, as people have been attracted to what you've said. And over time, it's amazed me and saddened me that you've stuck to your principles and so many others have walked away from you. And that's that's what's happened. I just looked at it and it said, principles are more important than party yes and i'm not i'm not walking away from my principles to carry water for someone who goes against what i believe yeah no and and i think like looking at current events you just had uh, an arms dealer be released by president biden and then not even a day later he's talking about gun control and and gun safety uh so you know if you just don't have the principles you can do things like that but we here are of course principled and so we don't care people are going to come and go we have on muddy waters media we have plenty of people that follow us and until they're like wait a minute you guys are republicans it's like no we trash on republicans and we trash on democrats sorry we're equal opportunists here we're here for the for the philosophy so it's but it's, at the same time you'll work with republicans and you'll work with democrats yes. as long as they are taking a principled stance that advances liberty Yes, exactly. We are here all day long to talk about the philosophy and the principles, people who will work with us. I know you've got a good quote on this. I'll work with anyone to do right and no one to do wrong uh, and no one to do yeah, that's harm. from Frederick Douglass. Exactly. And so, you know, we're willing to do that with anyone, but then also nobody's going to take the memes of, hey, look at this friendly, friendly uh, relationship we have with these people. No, we got to we got to dog on them a little bit. We got to do it for the clicks. Um, and, and so we, we rile up some of our quote unquote base and, and it's okay. 
but I think that this is a good good jumping point to talking about what we wanted to talk about today. Um, so you give trainings across the country. You talk with so many activists across the political spectrum um, on on how to get engaged in our communities. And we talk about these principles. How do we get these principles to be heard? Um, and how do we get to see them successful? So you had three topics that you wanted to bring to us today. Um, so I wanted to give you uh, give you an opportunity to to kind of give us a synopsis of the three, and then let's let's dive into it. Well, the three things that we could talk about tonight is something called the spectrum of allies, and then the spectrum of allies also involves an idea called the 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 pillars of power. And then taking what you learn from that, then you can go into something called power mapping. And that's where you start looking at the the actual landscape of the area you're trying to grow power in. Yeah. So these these are incredibly important, important for you guys as if you guys are community organizers, or even if you're just merely at the at the brainstorming idea of I have this idea, I want to, for example, here in South Carolina, I'm gonna be soon to be working with an organization um, working to end the death penalty. So we're sitting here and we're saying our end goal is to end the death penalty. So what are the different things that we're going to need to do as an organization, as a movement in order to be successful on this? So these things here are going to be, you know, these are just going to be some of the, the smaller, not smaller. These are going to be some of the skills that you're going to have to take and apply these in order to be successful in our in in the movement that you're trying to do. Yeah, you it's really about it's about building your own power and neutralizing the power against you. And I some people get a little bit of agita when we start talking about building power. And I like to to take the perspective of what Martin Luther King said, power is just the ability to to affect change. It's just the ability to get something done. And a power in itself is a lot like a brick. With a brick, you can break a window or you can build a hospital. It's what you do with it that matters. And so when you start looking at, you know, if you want to change a, a death penalty position in a state, then the first thing you, you, you should start doing is start doing something called a spectrum of allies. And so the way, way I'd like you to think of it is you have like a half circle that's split into five pieces. So you've got five pie, uh, pieces of the pie there. And you start with those who are actively against you, those who are passively against you, those who are neutral, those who are passively with you, and those who are actively with you. And you start just making a, a you know, putting people in there, organizations in there, uh, you know, politicians in there, put it all on this chart and you can see who's with you, who's against you, who's on the fence. And then the idea is those who are passively with you, you want to start formulating a plan to move them to actively with you. Those who are neutral, you want to start formulating a plan to move those people and organizations to being passively in agreement, and then eventually see if you can get them to be actively in agreement. Those who, those who, are, those who are passively against you, that's one of the most dangerous pieces of the pie. And I'll tell you, I didn't talk about this the other night, and, and I should have. But that is one of the most dangerous pieces of the pie because these people, they they disagree with what you stand for, but they're not doing anything. 
So if you engage with them, you run the risk of moving them to actively against you. And so to engage with that piece of the pie, you have to have you have to have a very good idea of what you're doing there. And that's kind of where power mapping comes in later. We can start talking about that. But then those who are actively against you, if you start thinking you're going to move the people and organizations that are actively against you across that spectrum and get them to be actively with you, that is a formula for failure. That is how you demotivate your entire organization. And so with that specific piece of the pie, that's where we start looking at the pillars of power. The pillars of power are, so you think of a, of a, a person in this actively against you organ, or an organization that's actively against you, where do they get their power? And once you've identified where they get their power, you need to find a way to knock those pillars down so yeah. that they can't draw on that power. It, it's not so much important that you have power, but it's also important that you neutralize the power against you. And when I was reading about this, I thought one of the best examples, this goes all the way back to 2000, so before you were born, and uh, <laughs> uh, this, they told a story, um, Slobodan Milosevic, there were protesters protesting against him, and he ordered the police to open fire on the protesters. The police was one of Slobodan Milosevic's pillars. Mm -hmm. What he didn't know is that the protesters had already neutralized them. The protesters had already knocked that pillar down because they had reached out to the members of the police and said, we just wanted you to know your children are in the crowd with us. We're not holding them hostage. They are protesting alongside us. We just wanted you to know your wives are in the crowd with us. Your mom and your dad are in the crowd with us. To open fire on us is to open fire on your own family. Wow. And so they didn't open fire. That's incredible. Now, when you were talking about the five different groups, you had the the actively against, the act or passively against, neutral, for and passively for and and actively for. You said, you know, we want to transition everyone, kind of shift everyone from the neutral to the passive, passive to in favor. Um, but the to the two groups on the other side, passively against and then actively against. Is there things that we can be doing as activists if we're in those engagements? How what would you say are some of the things that we should be ready for? Because thinking this through, if I'm making headlines if i'm getting attention from the media if i'm getting politicians ears if i'm getting a, a good grassroots movement there's going to be times when organizations that are opposed are going to want to go toe to toe what are some of the things that people need to be have in the forefront of their minds when they come to those engagements you know, there's something I wasn't prepared to talk about this, but now that you've said this, I want to I want to bring this up. There's something called the Leesburg grid. Okay. And to to address what you're talking about there, I really want to emphasize the Le the Leesburg grid. So the Leesburg grid is is a communications tool to help you understand or to help you to prepare just for that very thing. And so when you look at look at it, it's a two by two grid, and you've got A versus A, A versus B. B versus B, B versus A. So you've got 
So here's you are the power is A. So it's here's what you are the power is going to say about you are the power. Here's what you are the power is going to say about this organization that is actively against you. Here's what this organization that's actively against you is going to say about the organization actively against you. And here's what the organization actively against you is going to say about you are the power. So when you take time beforehand to really sit down and think about all the things that are going to be said about you, then you can come up with, with ways to neutralize those comments and you're fully prepared for them. And you can do it, uh, you can do it with style, you can do it with class, you can do it effectively. You're not gonna look off, caught off guard. You know, I, I've heard that before. And what I'd like to say is X, you know, this is just a, you are the power is just a, you know, a, it's a, a, a nutty organization run by a guy who likes to take off his shirt on the beach. Realistically could be said. So this is the type of thing that you could you could honestly expect somebody to say that it's just a way of of neutralizing your power because they're, they're basically saying you should not take these people seriously. Yeah. So we can expect that. So then knowing you can expect that, how are you going to counter that? You can come up with ideas on how to counter that as well. So when it comes to what they're going to say about you, that's a great tool. If you just do a search for the Leesburg grid, uh, you can learn more about it, or we can come and teach your organization about it too. Um, nice little plug there. Now, but, Leesburg, can you give a spelling? There's uh, there's questions in the comments of how to spell Leesburg. Yeah, it's L-E-E-S-B-U-R-G. It's Lees. It was founded in Leesburg, Virginia, is where it gets its name. It was a, a a bunch of people there who came up with a strategy in Leesburg, Virginia. There we go. Fantastic. But another thing you could do before that also is build a relationship with these people. Just because you're actively opposed to them doesn't mean you have to be uh, bitter or angry or vile to one another too. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of this is going to be relationship building, and it's getting to know people, getting to know them getting to know them. I can't emphasize that enough. You know, one of the things we talked about was uh, Cesar Chavez was questioned, how did you take the most disorganized and unorganizable people and turn them into the, you know, the, the largest farm workers union in the country? And he said, well, I talked to one person and then I talked to one person and then I talked to one person. And what you have to understand is it's a process, and it, it this process takes time. Mm -hmm. it, you you start with a relationship, and over that through that relationship, you build trust with a person, and that trust is like a bank account. You you make small deposits over time, and then eventually you have a big balance. And so the, you start with a relationship, and that might just be a one on one. Hey, Jason, I, I see that you're working on this. I've got some ideas on that. Can can we grab lunch together? I'd like to talk to you about it. That's all the that's how the relationship starts, and then we have a pleasant lunch. It's not adversarial or confrontational. That relationship leads to trust. Once you have enough trust, then you can start to educate, and hopefully that education will lead to to motivation to do something different. And once you have sufficient motivation, then you can lead to mobilization. So, I mean, that's that's one way of getting it done too. Is just building those small relationships over time into a trusting relationship, which allows you to say, I've heard you say this before, Jason, and I think you know um, that, I, that I'm that i trying to make a difference. I think you trust that I'm not nefarious in what I'm doing, 
And I'd like you to think about this. And since we have a trusting relationship, you might be willing to say, I'll, I'll listen to it. And you can start making changes there. That's kind of how you could move someone neutral to passive or even someone passive to uh, active. Because again, it's about saying what's in it for me. Like, yeah. You know, um, I could keep talking, no, <laughs> but no. I always feel like when I'm, when I'm on here, I just feel like I dominate. So I don't want to, no, don't you're good. You're the guest. Uh, but no, it's, it's, that's incredibly impactful. And, and I think like to summarize that in some way is to, to remember that we're all humans. We all came from different experiences. We all came from different walks of life. How can you present yourself as a person rather than the ideology that they're opposing to or the philosophy that they're opposing to or the initiative or the legislation that they're opposed to? Because people are going to have gripes and, and complaints. And we see this with everything that comes out. How can you have that sit down with somebody and, and reach them from person to person? How can you be incorporated into their life in some way? And, and you mentioned about like the the idea of going and sitting down with somebody for coffee because it's like, hey, you're working on this. I have some ideas for you. This is a good business tactic. This is a good personal tactic. This is a good just relationship building tactic of, hey, I'm willing to go forth and add to this this relationship. I'm, I, I'm here to add to it, um, not necessarily take a deposit out of that that account, but in order or, uh, to take a withdrawal from the account, but I'm here to add to this relationship. And I think that those are very important when we talk about building, um, building relationships within our community and, and especially on the political uh, battlegrounds, as we look at, you know, campaigns, we just came out of campaign season. I'm so glad to be done with elections. Elections are just the bane of my existence. Um, but this is what you see is kind of the beginning framing of what you were talking about. What does this candidate say about this candidate? And that's really important. And how do you how do you grapple with that? How do you def defuse that? How do you take that down? How do you take the air out of out of uh, out of their tires, if you will, so that they can't keep going with those things? These are things that, you know, I, I'm, I'm really appreciative that you're bringing these things out to us to highlight them so we can think about these things as we work on on different initiatives and you guys all know me i talk about a, a thousand one different ideas um i'm hoping to make a difference on a thousand and two things as i have a thousand one ideas um hopefully we can inspire some change but these are all things we have to think about in every one of the different initiatives and i would never encourage anyone to be as busy as i am with uh, all these volunteer efforts uh, it's long days early mornings but you guys can make a difference by using some of these skills. So I, I'll let you. I'll let you go on to the next uh, next portion of this because I don't want to. I don't want to detract away too far from you. Well, I want to emphasize something. Uh, something very important, and that's first of all, I'll I'll take it back to something I just learned from a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you know Gary V or if you've yes. heard of him. If you don't know of him, uh, look him up. If you are offended by foul language, I would skip Gary V um, because the guy doesn't hold back. But he, he's got a strategy that I, I have been toying with, and it's called the, the $1.80 strategy. And this is for building community online. And here's here's base. I'll give it to you basically what it is. You've got your two cents, right? We've all got our two cents we want to give. So if you're trying to build an online community in a specific niche, for example, I have I'm trying to build a brand uh, called the Local Libertarian, 
And if we ever get any internet that's worth anything in this town, I will have a local libertarian podcast. I will be live streaming on all kinds of different things. Um, but on TikTok, I'm the local libertarian. It's at Dwayne Lester, the local libertarian. And I've been shadow banned for quite some time. I know a lot of people say that, but the fact of the matter is I went from about anywhere from nine to 24,000 views to less than 100 just overnight. And so uh, can you hear the dogs outside? Can you we hear do not. That? No, you're good. I'm telling you, man, my neighbor's dog, it's like a chihuahua, but they took the voice box out and put a squeaky toy in there. It's oh. like I've got I've got a version of the Bumpus Hounds outside, and if they like they were squeaky toy Bumpus Hounds, and it is the most irritating thing. I'm telling you, I'm glad you don't hear it. I'm sorry to bring it up, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're good. It's distracting You're good. to me because I'm, I'm trying to be serious here, and I've got this squeaky toy bumpus hound group outside my window. Yeah. Oh. Um, okay, dollar eighty strategy. Sorry, my ADD, ADHD took me off on a tangent there. Um, so we've all got our two cents. Now, even though I'm shadow banned, nobody's seeing my videos, how can I build a community on TikTok? So what Gary V said to do, he said, find the nine top hashtags, the nine top hashtags in your specific niche, find the top pieces of content over the last week, and make 10 comments in those nine hashtags. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, you've given a dollar and 80 cents worth of your two cents. And I did that. And I gained like 15 followers in three days just because people were seeing the comments and following me. We can do the same thing wherever we're trying to build online. You, you can build that community that way. How does that relate to in person? Well, we all, we all have our own interests in real life. For me, uh, I have a degree in horticulture. I love growing things. Uh, I know it's strange. We have, you know, I love plants. I, it's just, it's something I love. So I could, if I wanted, if I were ever home more than 10 minutes at a time, I could join like a garden club or a horticulture club. And when I go to this club, I'm going because I like to be a part of the group and I have something that I want to add and I'd hopefully be good at it. I, I, I love it. So I would hope that I'd be good in it. And then they would eventually learn to trust the relationship leads to trust, trust leads to education, education leads to uh, motivation and then mobilization. This actually, I've actually seen this work. I've seen this happen mm -hmm. through my wife. My wife uh, loves to quilt and she has, she's joined a, a quilt club here. By far the youngest member of this quilt club. You know, the rest of them are, are very, very old blue hair types. She's the youngest member of this quilt club, but She's one of the best quilters in the quilt club. And what we've seen and what we learned, what, what I saw here and what I know from uh, other uh, examples is that when you're really good at one thing, that, uh, that faith in your ability transfers over to other things. So she's really good at quilting. So they will listen to her when she talks about policy. It's weird. But it happens. Makes sense. Because they, they have confidence in her ability here. She's competent here. So we'll give her competence here as well. What's the point? The point is get involved in your local groups 
not because you want to go there and turn the ball into libertarians, but because you enjoy these activities. And then when you're there, eventually you can start talking about these things and start influencing people there. Uh, that makes sense. It, it is a fantastic way of building community and friends in real life and having an impact and, and maybe learning and contributing in other ways too. No, that makes a lot of sense because like even thinking about like in my work environment, I've got a couple guys that are superstars. They take care of things. Something goes wrong. They're the guys that you, you call in. They're going to, they're either going to know how to fix it or know who can. They're going to be that guy. And so, you know, if I ran into issues at my house, if I ran into car issues, or if I ran into a lot of those, they're the first person that pops to mind. I'm like, who can I ask that I work with? I'm sitting here for 40, 50 hours a week. Who can I ask? I'm like, that's the person that pops into my mind. So just being out there, having some confidence about yourself, doing the things, um, picking up the shovel, being involved in your community, you're going to have people that are going to, whether intentionally or unintentionally, start leaning into kind of what does what does Dwayne think about this? What does Dwayne think about that? Where can I ask for Dwayne for some of that perception? Because Dwayne comes in, Dwayne does the good job. He he's He's got all this confidence about this thing that he really likes, that he's passionate about. And then now suddenly Dwayne has got inadvertently over the course of, of some time, whether that's years or, or a couple months, he's now got a small army of libertarian quilt makers. Um, and that's... <laughs> It's changing the world, one quilt at a time. <laughs> well, think about it also. How many times have you seen someone go to the most incompetent person in the shop and ask him how they're going to vote? Yeah. I'm not going to ask you. You're an idiot. You can't even paint a wall right. Why would I ask you how you're going to vote? But this guy over here who, who knows what they're doing or this you know, lady over here who's always you know, kicking everyone else's hind in in sales, I'll talk to her. I'll ask her what she thinks because she's competent. So she must know what she's doing. She's probably got a, you know, a better grasp on things than I do. And that really goes back. Those two connect because Gary's point with the dollar eighty is if you want to grow on social media, then be social. If you want to grow in social media, then be social. Don't just put stuff out there and expect people to come to you. Contribute. Same thing in life. If you want, if you want to grow an army, if you want, if you want to be around you know you want to have a large group of people then go where people are and talk to them and i'm telling you right now i'm going to go out there and that dog uh, <laughs> <laughs> it got quiet and then they came back the stupid bump of sounds <laughs> sorry i uh, i get distracted easy especially when there's a squeaky toy in my yard oh that's so funny oh that's so funny uh, let's we... talk about let's talk about those people who are are passively with you. How do you get how do you get them actively with you, especially if you don't know them? Right. Yes. So let's say that that there's hypothetically speaking, you're trying to make a change in a city, uh, something you are the powers working on. There's an injustice somewhere and you've you've done you've looked at everyone and you say, you know, uh, council person lion. I. I believe they agree with us, but they're not active. How are we going to influence them? We don't we don't know him. How are we going to get to him? And so then you start looking at something called the power map. So you've done your your spectrum of allies, you've got all the players out there. And then again, two by two grid. 
at the top of the grid are are you know people who people who are with you who people who support your position mm -hmm. trying to get this right i'm sorry people with high influence over you so this is people with influence on council person lion the higher up on the chart the more influence they have at the bottom no influence at all in fact it might be negative influence if they go and talk to you you're going to do the opposite of what they say you know so if bernie comes to you and says hey you know what you should do take everybody's personal property you're like okay you're an idiot i already know you're an idiot i'm done i'm yeah. not doing that so you've got high influence no influence over on this side you've got uh agrees with you or disagrees with you you know basically you're looking at that spectrum of allies so then you can start plotting on here we need to influence council person lion we don't know him who do we know on this okay we well we know we know spike and spike uh, agrees with us but has little influence over jason because we've all seen jason tell dad jokes in his presence and we know he doesn't like that <laughs> he needs to be cyberbullied. So so. so clearly no influence at all but spike knows myra and myra knows kelsey Ooh. you can't spike, pull the trump card like that that's 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 unhanded just like that though <laughs> just like that though we've gone from not knowing you to having kelsey introduce us and say i really think you ought to listen to what they have to say they make a lot of sense and now you have credibility by osmosis because you were just introduced by someone who you trust a great deal. And that's why I always emphasize if you are in a state where your state legislators have legislative aides, spend more time getting to know the legislative aides than the state reps and the senators. Because when they bring you into their office, you might have 15 minutes with the state senator. But after you leave, guess who's going to be there all day? That legislative aide. And if they say, you know, Jason makes a lot of sense, what did you think? That's more influence you have there. It, it, and yeah, again, that's that that power mapping, that that influence, you can get things done. And we, and I we think we didn't talk about uh, we. I, I didn't plan on talking about the five twin ten twenty rule, but I think that leads into power mapping a bit. Before so you when get you're, there, when you're looking. I'm sorry. Before you get there, I want I want to touch on that. So just to give you guys a reflection on the outside, um, when you think about like podcasters or council members or state representatives or what have you, they are going to get reached out to by a lot of people. And so if you want to influence them, just being a random Joe Schmo that doesn't have a relationship with them already, they have no reason to trust you or believe you. The reason why these influences, why this influence map, somebody who's higher on the influence, somebody who does agree with you on what you're trying to do, they are the person that they are going to be able to bend the ear of that representative. If not, and I've seen plenty of people do this, um, when we went and walked into a U.S. Senator's office, that was just a random constituent. He's got literally tens of hundreds of thousands of people under him. and And so... This one person walks in and says, you're absolutely wrong on this. This is why you're wrong, yada, yada, yada. He was like, okay, cool. And then he moves on to the next person. There was nothing there to, to cause him to sit and think about that. But when you have, like Dwayne said, you have that aide that says, hey, Dwayne, Dwayne knows what he's... Dwayne knows what he's talking about. There we go. Dwayne knows what he's talking about. 
how did you feel about Dwayne? Now he actually has to sit there and reflect on it. Was and and of course there is that that if you use the aid, you have to have that level of agreeability between the staffer and and the senator or the council member, wherein they're not going to try to create a hostile work environment and be like, yeah, you're fucking stupid for listening to Dwayne. Dwayne's idea was terrible. You guys just have no idea what you're wanting to, or what you guys are trying to do here. So even if he starts off in potentially you misread him and he is in that passive disagreement zone, he's going to now have to grapple with, did I just come off on the wrong foot? Am I coming from a, a, a place of not trying to understand what was being said? Was I just letting my bias sit in the way? This causes a lot more levels of, of challenging the internal and the mentality there. Having somebody there that already has influence, that has a relationship, you will be able to get further than just trying to come in as a random Joe Schmo and build that credibility, build the reputation, tell them that you know what they're talking about, and then trying to get them, convince them to join in with you. Another thing that... Uh that Gary Vaynerchuk talks about. I don't know if he knows how big an influence he's having in the political world, because all he talks about is how to grow a social media brand. But he talks about, he actually wrote a book called Jab, 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 Right Hook. And I would recommend this philosophy too when you're dealing with politicians. I don't mean to go punch politicians. Uh, but what he said, what he means by jab is the jab is a give. Give? Give, give, and the hook is the ask. So when you're doing something online, if you're trying to build a brand online and all you're ever doing is throwing hooks, if all you're ever doing is ask, 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 people are going to stop listening to you. They're going to unfollow you. They're they're not going to. But if you're like, here's something cool. Here's a list. Look at this meme. Here's something more for you. Would you mind buying a T-shirt? Here's something interesting. I made this video for you. Boom, boom. And here's something. So you can do the same thing for, for people you're trying to influence. One thing that politicians or people that, that are in office who are out there doing the work, one thing they don't get enough of is, is a thank you when they do something right. And I, one of the most impressive things I saw, uh, a, a friend of mine in Indiana did this. He was running uh, a, a thing on uh, a policy thing in Indiana, and he he had a a list of postcards from a specific district, and they were all in support of this policy, and they waited until it was time to vote on this policy, and then he gave them like to the the man at arms and said, "Would you go deliver this to this person?" So there he is. Um, sitting on the floor getting ready to vote and this master at arms comes over with this big bag of postcards and he couldn't have done it he couldn't have planned it this way but he actually drops them and spills them all over the place so now all these postcards are all over the place and the state rep is picking them up and he's seeing all these addresses and they're all in his district and they're all saying vote this way wow and guess what guess what he did he voted that way. Now imagine, imagine if as soon as he got all those postcards and he voted the way that he sh they should, if the Master at Arms then brought over another bag full of thank you cards. Wow. Thank you. For, thank you for doing that. That would be powerful. Now, you, first... know, you can also give, 
if, if you if you support an issue that might not be qualified immunity, a lot of people don't understand qualified immunity, and you have a you have someone that you you that listens to you and you can influence, and they don't understand it. You can build a a packet for them to help them better understand that, and you can say, "I'd love if you've got a, you know some time. I'd love to come in and talk to you so you can better understand this, and I'll bring some folks with me so we can understand it." You're helping them give, 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 and then you can say, "Hey, look, I want to thank you for your time to do this. If you you know give the opportunity, please do X, Y, or Z." And now you get the ask. Yeah, no, and I think that the, there was so much good stuff in there, and and thinking about this from the from those thank you cards, right? So you get the vote, and then you get the thank you cards. The first question that that guy's going to ask is, who organized these people? Because these are this is somebody that's out there, and then that's when you already have built that reputa- uh, that reputation, that credibility, and now when you walk in and you're like, hey, you know, I was that guy, you know, I helped coordinate this. You now have that lasting relationship. He's going to be interested, just like those quilters. He's going to be interested in what you have to say or what your perspective is on a little bit more and a little bit more, and you continue to build up that trust. But um, to the story you were talking about with the qualified immunity, I had something very similar where we had um, a local activist who didn't know anything about civil asset forfeiture, something that a lot of people don't know about. When they find out about it, they're vehemently against it because it's, civil asset forfeiture um but these these this couple and and their beautiful family huge family uh just incredible they they didn't know anything about it and so i was like hey you know i'd love to talk to you guys so we're sitting down over cheesecake factory because you know we got to have some good cheesecake because that's how the cornerstone of any good uh policy discussion civilization yeah exactly exactly (laughs) everyone says taxation is the price you pay for civilized society no it's cheesecake um exactly so we're sitting down we're talking about it explained them the history explained what the process was gave them some some articles and said hey you know i want to i want to give you guys this because i think that this is something you guys would be passionate about i understood their family and how they function and everything else and they became incredibly motivated by this when you when i did that they then came to me for other issues they then went and sat in front or uh, at a, a Christmas party. They grabbed one of the sheriff candidates at, at the Christmas party for one of the Republican candidates, cornered him and said, what's your stance on civil asset forfeiture and why are you wrong? Like you can incredibly, <laughs> you can educate somebody, motivate them and then activate them by just giving them a little bit and, and knowing what their passions are. So all of these things of building those, those things, they then had influence over that uh, in that entire circle because now they were like, this is a family that's not afraid to step up, step out. And they worked on the pres- Trump's presidential campaign. They worked uh, in my state. And so it was interesting to see them go through that. And then they go, oh, Trump's in favor of civil asset support. I don't know how to grapple mm-hmm. with it. But, but- yeah, creating that cognitive dissonance in people uh, presenting them with conflicting beliefs that they hold. That's, I honestly believe that is the best way to, to change a person's mind. I can sit here and tell them all day long while civil asset forfeiture is wrong and they can argue back with me all day. But uh, you've seen me do this. When I get someone to argue with themselves, that's when change is going to happen. 
and, it's so and, uncomfortable you know, too. <laughs> and, and I, I love doing that. I remember uh, I was teaching a class on on criminal justice reform to a group of college Republicans, and when you know red-blooded uh, Republicans hear criminal justice reform, they hear soft on crime. Yes, it's just what they they hear. And so I had to figure out how to get them to be open to this. And so when I walked in, I started my presentation. I said, I need uh, a quick show of hands from the room. Put your hand in the air if you think violent felons who've been released back into society, uh, how many of you think they should have their Second Amendment rights taken for life? And I'm talking about violent felons who have served their time and are now back in the community. How many of you believe that they should have their Second Amendment rights taken for life? And man, the hands of the room went up, right? And I said, okay. And I'm looking around the room like, okay, a lot of hands. Keep your hands in the air if you think gun control works. <laughs> and they just sat there and they didn't know what to do. I mean, people were put taking the hand down about halfway and they're like, no, but uh, and I can see it in their face. I'm for something that I know doesn't work. I know, I've, in fact, I'm for something that I'm against. Uh... And I, you know, I, I didn't know it then. I should have just went, got him. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, they, they didn't know what to do with that. And I said, now, let's, let's take a look at what's actually going on. And uh, Milton Friedman, one of the things that he said that I really love and thank him for saying is it is more important to look at what a policy produces than what it promises. And so once I had them in that state of cognitive dissonance, I could say, so what are we really doing with this? If we know, if we know that violent felons who want a gun are going to get one, then what are we really doing? All we're doing is disarming felons who aren't going to break the law anymore. So we're disarming people who pose no threat to society. What sense does that make? Oof. And if that's what we're producing in this instance, is it possible that there are other policies that are also producing counterintuitive results that we shouldn't be for? Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about those. Let's start with civil asset forfeiture. Wow. And it's through that uh, through that cognitive it, – it's not me. They weren't arguing with me. They were arguing with themselves, and people won't argue with their own data. Yeah. So it's creating that cognitive dissonance that it makes them say, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I don't know this as well as I thought. And that'll open them up to listen to you. And I, 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 I love that. And cause that's, that's direct and in your face and it's powerful because you have to grapple with that in the moment. And I've got, I've got one success story. I, I used to work, uh, manufacturing suppressors for firearms and working in the shop. You can tell there were some, we had some Republicans and we had some libertarians, libertarians who were having a grand old time, but some of the, the Republicans at the time, you know, I, naturally conversations around guns would would be every conversation so we're sitting there talking one day and and i had mentioned the idea of of uh one of the felons who was just recently uh incarcerated at the time um he was brought up on on just merely possessing a firearm and i was like man that's that's a bullshit crime like he can't defend himself like he's out of prison he served his time when does he get his rights back? And and one of the guys was like, he got his rights back. He's walking free. I'm like, 
so so he gets the vote so he gets to he gets to have a say in the society he lives in so he gets to carry a firearm again so he doesn't have the scarlet letter caring about himself so when somebody breaks into his home he's not going to face criminal prosecution for defending his life his liberty his family his property and i left it at that and and about six or seven months later he texts me he's like you son of a bitch so <laughs> what did i do he's like where do i sign up for the libertarian party because the republicans aren't actually <laughs> in favor of gun rights <laughs> yeah yeah there was one that i i i enjoyed uh, imagine i was the guy who was out in 2016 2017 2018 going across the country uh training on the the benefits of free trade to <laughs> oh, you must you must be a communist or something to oppose trump on his good free what what was he calling fair trade he he coined some other term yeah, he wants fair trade um i'll tell you i i, I that was so much fun so much <laughs> fun um i remember in Virginia Beach, uh, there was somebody who presented a typical uh, protectionist argument, and I hit them back with something, and they looked at me. This is my favorite. She looked at me, and she goes, that's a really good point. You're right. And I was like, I'm going home. This never happens. Thank you. Good night. Um, but again, you have to you have to create that sense of cognitive dissonance. So one of the things that I would hear is we need to protect American jobs here at home with the steel tariffs. You know, we're importing all this steel from China and it's destroying steel manufacturing in, in, in America. And I'd say, okay, it sounds like you really, it sounds like American workers are really important to you. And they are the reason, the reason that protectionists support protectionism generally is because they value American workers and American industry. And there's nothing wrong with that. I value American workers. Yes. I just want them working at their comparative advantage. Uh, that's It's that simple. So I said, okay, it sounds like American workers are really important to you. They are. They are. And I said, well, let me just throw this at you. In 2000, President Bush put steel tariffs just like President uh, Trump did. What happened? What we saw happen was, yes, there were some steel jobs that came back and that's they're like yeah they did I, I saw on the news 700 steel jobs i said yeah but what you have to understand is there are things that are seen and there are things that are unseen so what we saw were these steel jobs come back what we didn't see are all the buildings that didn't get built because the cost of steel increased yes. the cost of construction increased so buildings that would get built didn't get built. And so now we've got construction workers out of a job. And the results of those steel tariffs were an actual loss of jobs in other industries greater than the number of people who work in steel production. So we actually lost more jobs across the country than work in steel. Because for every one person manufacturing steel, there's 60 working in its consumption. So this policy previously actually caused 165 to 170,000 people to lose their jobs. So can you help me understand 
why a steel worker is more important than a construction worker. Woo! That's it, though. That's, that's... When you pose it in a way that they, you have to see it in a holistic point of view, people realize that. The thing that whenever people talk about tariffs, I go, okay, so you have an opposition to to sending or to buying steel from China and everything else. When we raise the price of Chinese steel, some of the steel is still going to be purchased in China, and some of the steel will be produced here. Now, of course, the reason why we were going to China is because it's cheaper. You raise the price over there, guess what? The price over here is going to be just as expensive, if not more. You've now raised that up and you've caused all these problems. But you have the actual math behind that to be like, here's what happened under Bush. Here's why this is a detrimental. But it's exactly that. We have a problem where America is a service industry economy for the most part. We don't manufacture things nearly as much as what we could be um, because of... You know, a lot of the things that people don't really grapple with when it comes to this, you know, uh, entitlement pay, pay outright, um, cost of zoning, cost of taxes, cost of, of just doing business, everything else. It's easier to, to import than just to, to create it and, and use it domestically. So there's a lot more there. But then just on that specific line of here's what's happened in the past. Every time you have a tariff war, every time you try mercantilism, it's a net negative. Why don't people understand that? Well, they they are constantly inundated with the scene. Uh, the, I think that's that's really what it is. The, you go back to that idea: things are seen, things are not seen. The, there aren't a lot of news stories on on the jobs that aren't created. There aren't a lot of news stories on on the unseen. But you get you get the ribbon cutting of the new steel factory you get the you know the photo ops and the hard hats uh, at the factory um, but you don't get there's not a lot a lot to that and frankly people don't have time to sit and read um, <laughs> you know I the, not everyone's a nerd and they go oh look the fifth edition of free trade under fires out there's no stuff <laughs> in here from nobody's out there doing that just this nerd right here who's excited to read that um, and you know it's just a matter of those things aren't talked about. You, you, there aren't people out there like me who are like, okay, well, Obama put tire tariffs in place. What happened? <laughs> Nobody yeah. cares about that. Yeah. Um, but you know, there, when when you have that, when you have that ability, when you have that knowledge, and someone says, yeah, we need we need to bring tire manufacturing back to America, and you say, well, you know, we put a tariff on tires before. You know what happened? We just started importing tires from mexico and vietnam and south korea all these other places and the cost of tires went up for every american and we created no new jobs here in manufacturing all we did was increase prices and benefit all these other countries yep so why are we raising taxes on ourselves yeah because again it's the consumer who pays it all I, no it's it's incredible and you talked about um milton freeman talking about not just the 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 principle of of the law but actually what the outcome is the law and i think that there's another great one uh from arguably the best uh best president of all time calvin coolidge there's silent cow silent cow and that was that it's more important to remove bad legislation than to enact good legislation it's more important to stop bad legislation then pass good legislation there sorry to correct you but, no no it's um, important it's it's an important distinction um but 
it's those things, right? We it, it's more important to stop bad policies that we have than to enact new tariffs, than to enact new laws, than to enact new structures that just create new hurdles. When arguably we can find out that there's already hurdles in place that are making this situation worse. Um, which brings us arguably, back arguably I would I would say I would say most of the legislation we pass to solve problems are problems created by legislation that shouldn't have been passed in the first place. Yes. Yes, absolutely. But that brings us back full circle as to why we're here tonight to learn from you on just a couple, a sneak peek of some of the things that we could do when we find those pieces of legislation that are standing in the way of greatness, standing in the way of our potential and how we, we grapple with those. So we talked about the pillars of power. We talked about... Um, the allies spectrum of allies did we hit the third and one? uh power mapping we did but hit 5 10 20 we didn't talk about we didn't talk about 5 10 20. so i think this was actually created by a guy named slade o'brien who is the vice president of the grassroots leadership academy and when he was organizing in florida he would talk about the 5 10 20. so here we're back to uh councilperson lion we need to influence him we need to know five people that if they call you at three in the morning you will look at your phone and answer it that they have that much influence on you they are that important in your life that if they call at three in the morning you're picking up it might be a wife might be a uh, parent a brother might be a donor who do we know that is that important to you once you have and it, this is a no you got to do these first and then these just Try to find five. You also need 10 civic leaders who have some influence with you or have some influence in the, in the community that may be willing to write a letter to the editor or an op-ed or make a statement from the pulpit or at a, at a uh, rotary meeting. You know, someone who, who has influence in the community and is willing to make a statement. So you need 10 of those, 10 civic leaders. And then you just need 20 rabble rousers that'll show up and, you know, go to your office and, and invade, uh, not necessarily start tipping over tables. We're not at the Jesus righteous anger stage yet, but, uh, you know, 20 people who will show up and, uh, and pass out lit, you know, or, or just go to the office and, and do uh, office visits. Sit in, the, five sit in the council really important meetings. People. Yeah, twenty people who go to a city council meeting, and if you know you want, you can say to those twenty people, see if you can bring three friends. Now you've got eighty people. It's that quick. You went from twenty to eighty. So when you can do that, then the reason that's important is because you never know what it's going to take at that moment to influence that person. That person may be sitting in our office, and they're like. These poll numbers are awful. I don't know if I'm going to get reelected. Knock, knock, knock. There's 20 people outside your office with signs. Oh, this is terrible. What do they want? Oh, well, I'll bring them in. And then I'm standing there like, you know what we want? And qualified immunity. You know what we want? This, that. I will listen. It might be that, oh, my, my, my minister wrote an op-ed uh, and... Therefore, uh, descheduling cannabis federally. Wow, I hadn't thought about that. And now he's on the phone and wants to talk to me. 
And it might be that a donor calls and says, uh, you know, you need to do this or I'm going to support someone else. Hmm. This is this is the stuff. And and I want to remind everyone that this is just a sneak peek of all the things that Dwayne talks about, all the things that Dwayne teaches people to take you from a, a an engaged and motivated person to taking the next step and making an impact. Because we can all do a lot of things, right? Uh, you know, with the the idea of labor increasing value. So if I just jump out into a field, I I'm doing plenty of labor, but I'm not actually producing anything of value. But actually being able to put that labor to good use and making a difference. These are the things that Dwayne talks about as he travels the country. He goes to many uh, great conventions and and talks to people. Um, and of course does this through Liberty hyphen chic Liberty C H I C dot com. Um, you're, you're a Jack of all trades, a, a master of everything. I've, I've never met somebody I've had, I've had so many conversations with people that have had a library in their background and it's a library for show because they never <laughs> grab a book off. They never open a book. They never, I've never had an interaction with you yet where you don't grab a book and you say, this is my book recommendation. Yeah, this speaking is of that, that go ahead. This one right here was one I was going to pull from earlier. <laughs> uh, Saul Linsky's Rules for Radicals, something you said um, that I wanted to really emphasize, something that he talks about there, and I've actually seen uh, happen to me. I mean, I, this happened, and I was like, how did I make that happen? I can't believe that. That just happened? Um, I remember I do, I, do I have time to tell a story? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I was I'm here in this room, and to to set the stage, when I first moved into this house, it was a a foreclosure, and we were broke, and I mean broke. I was blogging for a living and making that kind of money at the time, right? So my my desk was two filing cabinets with a door on top of it, and I was blogging there. There's no books. There's no no paint on the walls. There was no flooring here. It was subfloor and I had electricity and that was it. And I got a call from somebody at the state capitol. They said, Dwayne, they're going to try and pass Medicaid expansion through the PQ. And I said, what anybody would say, what's the PQ? I had no idea what that meant. They explained it all to me. And I said, that's interesting. Let me call someone else. And the only reason that person called me is because I showed up. And I built relationships at the state capitol. Most important part of activism doesn't happen behind the keyboard, doesn't happen in your house. It happens when you get out and meet people. So I knew somebody else at the state capitol. I called them. What's most important, I said, you have a Republican supermajority. There's no reason for Republicans to be passing Medicaid expansion. Who would vote for this? He gave me eight names. That's all they needed to pass it in the Senate. Gave me eight names. So I called this other person. I say, hey, I just heard this. And I heard these eight names, and he said, yeah, they do that. And I said, okay. Wrote an article, put it out there. This is what I've heard. These are the names. This is what they're going to try and do. Took that article, put it in my newsletter the next day, sent it out, and waited. Saw no increase, no spike in traffic for my, my day. And just so you know, I was my, my traffic, it was a Missouri-centered website. So if I got 300 to 500 hits a day, I was like, boom, banner day, light and stone. Yeah. Woo, look at me. I am an empire. Um, I saw nothing 
new that day. And so I called down there and I was like, is anybody reading this? And I, I heard very hushed tones. Uh, Dwayne, not only are they reading it, but they're passing it around in the hallway. And if this is what they were going to do, I think you stopped it. And I said, wow. I said, thanks, man. And I hung up the phone and I sat back. And I was like, how did that even happen? How did I, how did I do that? And so I, I couldn't figure it out. And finally, I opened up the uh, newsletter to see if I had any, you know, increase there, more subscribers. No, nothing unusual. And then I looked at who subscribes to my newsletter. And almost all of them ended in like mo.state.gov or state.mo.gov. And I was like, okay, most of the people who read my newsletter work under the dome in Jeff City. They have to assume that everybody's reading this because they go, hey, Jason, did you read what was in Dwayne's newsletter? You read it too. How about you over the, you read it? They're passing it around. As far as they know, all 6 million Missourians read this newsletter that day, which goes back to what Alinsky said. It's not what power you have. It's what power they think you have. Wow. They thought I had far more power than I did. I had like 300 people read it, and they were all under the dome. But as far as they knew, 6 million people read it, and everybody knew the shenanigans they were about to pull. That's incredible. Holy smokes. I am I'm floored with that though that's but that goes back to the idea of if you if you get out there you will have opportunities arise for you take initiative on those opportunities build those relationships more opportunities will arise I think you know somebody called me a successful podcaster one day I I still don't know how I feel about that but it didn't happen because I just woke up one day and somebody was like, hey, make this podcast. And then I was suddenly a successful podcast in, in their eyes. I I started making a podcast. I started doing this stuff. I started showing up online. I built a community. And then people were like, hey, I like Jason. I like what he does. They shared it to their friends. I built a network around that. When I go to community events, I go out, people are like, hey, that's Jason. He cares about people. He's empathetic. He loves people. He wants the best for everybody. He may have some strange ideas, but he's out here with love for others. And they go, so I've got, I've got this event coming up, and I want to I invite some people. Jason's a good guy. Invite Jason. I, just, I go out there. I network with some more people. It gives you more and more and more opportunities. And then you do what Dwayne does and you have 6 trillion, based on inflation, 6 trillion listeners uh, or viewers across uh, the state of Missouri uh, just changing the world. That's incredible, man. I didn't know that story. Well, you know, it really is as simple as showing up. Showing up and, and being uh, being nice, not being a jerk. Don't show up and start screaming at people. But it really is about showing up. When I started... When I started blogging on Missouri state politics, nobody in the state of Missouri knew me. And I would show up at the state capitol and I would have a suit on that didn't fit because again, I was poor. I bought my suit at Goodwill. If I had a suit, it didn't fit right. Um, I couldn't afford to have it altered. I, so, But I showed up and I showed up and I'd have cameras. I remember I was the first person to live stream uh, hearings. We don't have video live streams of our hearings. 
but I was there with with, uh, with an iPhone, just like this. I was live streaming from there, and they all were like, who's that person? And the more I showed up, the more it was, who's that person, to, okay, that's Dwayne. And I remember uh, I'd been at this maybe six, eight months, and I'm standing in the hallway, and I'm doing something, and this guy walks past, and I look up at him. I'm just like, hey, how's it going? He stops, and he turns around, and he goes, you're Dwayne Lester, right? And I go, yeah. And he goes, it's more like, yeah, what's up? And uh, <laughs> he's like, uh, he says, hey, I just want to introduce myself. I'm a, I'm representative so-and-so, and I knew I knew who he was, but he knew who I was, and he wanted to make take the initiative to get to know me. So that's how quickly that can change to being the person who shows up. I remember when I walked around the state capitol first, I walked around and I was giving out business cards. Hi, my name is Dwayne Lester. I'm starting a website called the Missouri Torch. It's a conservative website focused on Missouri politics. Let me know if there's anything I can do. What I didn't know is most of the Republicans I were talking to weren't conservatives. Um, but but what I got from them was, oh, oh, that's really – basically, I got this. Oh, that oh, bless your heart. That's so cute. Oh. And I left angry that day. I remember I left angry going, okay, uh, I will go home and show you why you should have treated me with more respect. And it was a little bit arrogant of me. Uh, because I didn't warrant any respect at that time. They didn't know me. Yeah. But I went home and, and I hustled and I showed up and I showed up and I showed up and eventually it got to where I could do what I'm doing. Yeah. I show up and people want to get to know me. Show up. You showed up and then now you had six quadrillion viewers across the state. <laughs> as far as they do. <laughs> uh, I had like my mom. Um, even my wife, I remember, this is one of my favorite quotes, my wife, I remember, um, it got to the point, I'm not kidding, where I'd get a phone call, I got a phone call one night, and I picked it up, I was like, uh, okay, and it was the lieutenant governor again, and he wanted to run some stuff past me, and I'm like, I'm just a blogger, but he's running some ideas past me. I'm like, okay, yeah, I like that. Don't do that. I like that. Hung up the phone. My wife said, who is that? And I said, it's a lieutenant governor, and she looked at me, and she said, I still don't understand why anybody cares what you think. <laughs> I I Thank feel you the for same keeping way. Keeping me humble. Yeah, yeah. No. Absolutely. Somebody's got to do it. No. That's. So you've given us so much tonight. You've taught us so much. You've given us the insights. To. I I'm still blown away by that story, but. You've given us so much tonight. What can we give you in return? How can we support the one and only the real Dwayne Lester? Where can we find you? Know, the you one thing that I've oh well, you can go follow me on TikTok if you do that. It's just at Dwayne Lester, and you can. I'm on I'm on Twitter not that much. I'm on Facebook more than anything. But the only thing I've ever asked with this training or any knowledge that I give out, anything that I share, is that you go do something with it. You know, that's all I've ever asked. Here's the stuff. Go make a change. Um, and like I've said, you've heard me say this before. The reason I do what I do is because I want my children to have a freer future than we have today. I want my children to live freer than we do in the future. I need to find a better way to say that. But yeah, I think I like that. I want my children to live freer than we do today. I I like it. No, and that's that's important. But 
Is there anything else that we can do to support you besides going to libertychic.com and buying everything and using the code Mr. Bearded Truth? <laughs> uh, you know, that'd be great. You know, I just, I love what I do. I, I, I libertychic.com is, is, uh, is, uh, something I started because, uh, I, I was walking through Hobby Lobby and I looked at something and I said, you know, if you changed a couple things on that, it'd be really libertarian. And then I just went home and said, yeah, I actually, I, I made this. This was the first thing I made. This taxation is theft sign. Here, just as on. a. You know, I could make something like that. That actually looks pretty good. And I'm, oh, yeah, this one too. I made this one day. Y'all, yeah. Christmas um, is coming. Go. Get on libertychic.com. Go buy you some. Like, I, who doesn't want print guns, not money? Sign. Come on now. Come back with a warrant. That's, Liberty. Yeah, that one too. Yeah. Where's that one? Oh, guys. I got so much. To, oh, yeah. I made this for my. I'm back. Look at that, guys. Guys. I'm back with a warrant. Get, get on to libertychic.com. Buy something tonight. Make this man. Lose sleep over how many how many orders you guys give him. <laughs> that would be alright. Uh Dwayne, it's always an absolute pleasure. I wanna I wanna give you the floor. Anything else you want to share with the viewers before we wrap things up tonight? I'm already 30 minutes over for tonight. Uh but I appreciate you giving <laughs> me all this time. It's my pleasure. You know, I I love talking about this stuff. So you know, I just don't lose hope, man. We are we, things are changing, and we're seeing it all across the country. And it starts with one little thing, and it's that Overton's window. As that Overton's window shifts, you can, we have more and more opportunities. You think about it. Uh, Ron Paul got on stage and said, "We need to, you know, legalize heroin." Well, that's crazy, but we can legalize weed in Colorado. And now, what's happening? You know that that statement shifted the window. Actually, this sounds a little bit good. We can do that. Now we've got more and more things shifting. Uh, we've got qualified immunity um, that was abolished in New Mexico. I think they just abolished it in Colorado. So that's yep. moving forward. We're seeing more and more change in the right direction. So keep the faith. Keep moving forward. I love it. I love it, Dwayne. You're the first person to come on three times here on Muddy Waters for my show. So uh, a badge of honor for that. Uh, I don't know if it's a, you're just a glutton for punishment or or what it is, but <laughs> I appreciate you coming back each and every time, Dwayne. And and your it. insight, pleasure. your insights, your experiences, always always so so welcomed here. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to getting you to be the first four time visitor to the show. Uh, that'll be coming up soon, I'm sure. But uh, I want to thank you again for coming on tonight, and thank you for all of your insights. I'm going to be using this, imploring this. I. I got a little bit of a wrap up here with the uh with the audience but I'll, I'll see you here in a minute on the other side all right thank you sir you have a great night and i'll see you in a minute all right uh outside of that guys thank you guys so much for being here um uh, want to give a couple things wrapping up for the week uh this saturday tomorrow uh matt baxley there it is gastonia if you guys are in gastonia north carolina tomorrow or in the area i'm gonna be driving it's about a two hour drive head on over um i can give you guys a link for that i should probably put it in the show notes i haven't yet um but Ma pastor moses the guy who was saving the lives of so many homeless people and since 
the city of Gastonia stopped him from what he was doing. We've had more than a dozen homeless people die because they weren't being uh, uh, getting the nutrition they needed, have, having shelter and everything else. Um, so he's back up and running. So we have a fundraiser through You Are The Power tomorrow. If you can't make it, but you want to donate to the cause, you can go to youarethepower.net slash Gastonia. Uh, but if not, come on out. Join us tomorrow from 11 to 2. It will be $20 a plate for lasagna. All the proceeds are going to Pastor Moses and his initiative of getting his trailers set up to take care of uh, the homeless there in the community. I'll see you guys there. Um, but then outside of that, of course, continue to, to check out You Are The Power, youarethepower.net. Continue to check out Dwayne. Dwayne is partnering up with You Are The Power, continuing to teach us all those amazing things. So you guys, as he said last week, we had training uh through you are the power three amazing days a lot of good insights lots of inside jokes uh, a lot of cyber bullying me um it was a good time um so you guys can lean into that but i appreciate each and every one of you guys hopping in here uh some things that are happening here in south carolina if you're a resident i am getting involved with ending the death penalty here in the state i'm kicking up a movement to start trying to end qualified immunity in the state and of course we're going to bring back uh the ending of civil asset forfeiture and certificate need law so there's plenty of things that i'm trying to work on so if you guys are in south carolina looking to get involved get engaged reach out to me i'd be happy to work with you guys on that but with that being said i love you all appreciate you guys all i will see you guys next friday i have uh gotta verify that one um we'll be back next friday i believe we're gonna be doing a different time than normal so stay tuned for the evening time around 5 30 6 o'clock see you guys then i love you all be good be well see you guys next friday take care